You are listening to the Dark Fantastic Podcast. Welcome to the Dark Fantastic Podcast. Uh, I'm AK, and uh, this is the first episode of the podcast. We've been uh, sharing uh, a lot of short uh, audio versions of the reviews posted on the Dark Fantastic website. Uh, I hope you uh, you check those out. Um, the Dark Fantastic podcast is basically uh, me sharing with you the things that I enjoy, uh, the things that I find uh, entertaining, and uh, my specialty and the specialty of the Dark Fantastic website is discovering hidden gems in all genres, uh, whether they are books, movies, um, uh, podcasts, uh, audiobooks. And uh, I usually, when I, when I find something I like, um, I like to share it. And um, my website is, uh, is filled with reviews and articles about titles that you haven't heard of or maybe you have forgotten about. So uh, just let's get started. The first uh, book I want to talk about today uh, is The Notch by Tom Holland. Uh, when I heard about this book, I think it was announced... 10, uh, sorry, I was, it was announced two years ago um, as The Boy. Uh, it was announced as The Boy, the first novel by filmmaker Tom Holland. I was really excited at hearing that because Tom Holland is one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, he directed one of my uh, all-time favorite uh, horror movies, uh, Fright Night, released in uh, the summer of uh, 1985. Um, and he also directed and co-wrote the Child's Play and uh, uh, adapted uh, a couple of uh, Stephen King books, Thinner and uh, The Langoliers. Uh, he's, uh, he's a great filmmaker, a great entertainer and uh, a very good uh, screenwriter. So when I heard that he was releasing his first novel, uh, I was really looking forward to it. Uh, I couldn't get my hands on a, on a hardcover uh, copy when it was first released, but it was released, uh, I think, uh, early uh, 2021 um, as a, an ebook. So I grabbed my copy from Amazon and uh, I started reading it immediately. I was so excited. The book was, uh, just as I started reading it, uh, it dawned on me very quickly that uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't the genre that Tom Holland uh, is known for, which is horror. It's basically more of a speculative fiction kind of book. Um, maybe sci-fi and a little bit of dark fantasy. It's about a 10-year-old boy who appears out of nowhere and uh, has the power to heal and bring the dead back to life. Um, it starts with him uh, walking out of nowhere and uh, just d down a, a highway. Um, and then um, 
coming across uh, a wounded dog, basically a dying dog, and he the boy touches it and he brings it back to life. And then very, very shortly after, a couple of, of chapters after, we discover that uh, there is this and there is this apocalyptic plague called the coughing sickness that seems to uh, to have appeared suddenly and uh, maybe that mysterious boy brought that plague with him so it's a very high concept plot and uh, it starts well i know that tom holland has mentioned repeatedly that he's a big fan of stephen king and his uh, and Stephen King, of course, is known for like epic uh, novels with a lot of characters, and it seems that what's that's what Tom Holland is is going for with uh, with the Notch. It has a lot of characters, um, but as as I went on reading it, um, I discovered that the book wasn't. It's very entertaining and it's it's uh, it's 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 well written, but it isn't very memorable. You know, it's the, the it starts with a bang. It's a high concept, but it doesn't really go anywhere special. Um, the characters also aren't very memorable. Uh, they are interesting. Uh, the dialogue is, is is fine, but I didn't really did, the the novel didn't really blow me away as uh, as Tom Holland's uh, movies usually do. The main thing about about the novel not being very uh, very immersive, compelling experience is that it's structured more like. A, like a film, but like um, the great uh, novelist and uh, and short story writer and uh, screenwriter Richard Matheson said, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, he said that movies are external and uh, books are internal. So I think Tom Holland coming from a film background he was a very successful screenwriter before he became a filmmaker. I think uh, he's used to uh, visuals telling the story and uh, and more or less surface storytelling. So his book uh, is, is, appears to or feels like a book written by a screenwriter in that it's a bit superficial maybe or as I said before it's not as immersive and that's usually not always the case but it's usually uh, the case with filmmakers when they try to uh, write novels and uh, a lot of them do especially uh, quote-unquote genre filmmakers which is a like a description I don't really like. I don't think there are genres. I think there are only good uh, books and movies and bad books and movies. Anyway, uh, so-called genre filmmakers, 
many of them have attempted to uh, tackle the 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 novel uh, and the short story formats. Wes Craven did it. He uh, he wrote a book. I think in the 90s, uh, called Fountain Society, which was, I, I don't think it was very well received. Uh, also filmmaker and writer uh, Mick Garris, who's uh, a very talented filmmaker, directed uh, Psycho 4, uh, a lot of Stephen King adaptations. He also has written a lot of uh, books, uh, several novels and uh, novellas and short stories. And even uh, more recently, uh, David Duchovny from the X-Files fame has written a couple of books uh, that were surprisingly very well uh, reviewed. So it's not uh, so it's not new that filmmakers attempt to uh, tackle the, uh, the, the, the novel format and the short story format. And Tom Holland more or less succeeds. It's a very entertaining book. Uh, it's a fast-paced book. Uh, it has a an original high-concept uh, plot, but it isn't a very special book. It's uh, it's not very uh, it's not it's it's a bit forgettable. And uh, considering who who this is, the director of writer director of Fright Night. I, I expected something uh, a bit more um, compelling, I think, a bit more memorable. But I recommend it for his fans, and I recommend it as a fast-paced, very entertaining read. Recently, uh, I saw a TV movie, or a movie produced for television from 1981, called uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Um, I'd heard about it years ago, and I usually see it um, on uh, mentioned and reviewed on a lot of uh, websites that focus on uh, horror movies and suspense movies. Uh, whenever I try to watch it, I always find very bad uh, VHS copies and um, bootleg copies on YouTube very low quality stuff but I recently found a copy of the, of, of the remastered version which looks uh, and sounds terrific uh, The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is is considered a cult classic on, on, on a minor scale it has its admire, admirers and at first glance when you watch like the first maybe 5 minutes 10 minutes you don't know why people think this movie is special. It looks like a hundred other dated made-for-TV movies from the late 70s and the early 80s, uh, where they used to produce a lot of suspense and horror movies, uh, movies of the week. They are usually very low-budget, shot quickly. And uh, some of them are good, but most of them aren't. And uh, with Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, it looks like, in the beginning, it looks like one of those. And the performances are not that good, just okay. 
But uh, after the inciting incident takes place, which is a murder of an innocent man, uh, very well done, very well directed by uh, Frank uh, Di Felletta, uh, you find that uh, actually this is this is kind of special. This is this is not your typical made-for-TV movies from the 70s and 80s. This is something uh, actually uh, quite original. As it goes along, it, it becomes more uh, psychological. It becomes darker. You don't know whether it's uh, it's 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 a murder mystery, a psychological thriller, if it's even a ghost story. It's very very uh, suspenseful. The performances actually get a lot better, and Charles uh, Durning, uh, a great character actor. Uh, really goes to town here <laughs> he's, uh, he's very entertaining here he has the best role basically the the villain a very disturbed uh, postal worker which is somewhat of a cliche now but uh, but his performance is very very good the direction by uh, frank uh, di filetta is uh, is uh, is very good he uh, it's, it's very confident it's very subdued he it's it's not it's not like uh, his his other movies because he directed uh, he wrote and directed a couple of other movies uh, one of which is, is very well known the entity uh, from 1982 i believe uh, no he didn't direct the uh, the entity i uh, i'm sorry he he uh, he wrote the screenplay based on his own novel it was directed by uh, sydney j fury but it, but that's a very good movie as well, and he also wrote and directed uh, a movie called Scissors, uh, starring a young Sharon Stone. Uh, actually, that's also a very good movie. But in that movie, Scissors, his direction is like very stylistic, uh, a bit oper operatic. I think it was his uh, tribute to uh, uh, Dario Argento and. Uh, the Italian movies of of the seventies and uh, and the eighties, but here with the uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, he goes for a more steady, you know, slow burn approach. Uh, it's very very effective. And uh, interestingly, uh, this movie was written as a as a as a feature and was supposed to be directed as a feature before CBS bought it and produced it as a movie of the week. And considering that this is a movie, a CBS movie of the week from the early 80s, it's actually very surprising how scary that movie is and uh, how shocking uh, in some ways it is. And the ending, uh, terrifying ending for a TV movie. And... Uh, you don't expect to see that kind of twisted, ambiguous ending uh, usually with these TV movies. So uh, I highly recommend The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Uh, try to seek out a copy of the remastered uh, version. Uh, it's worth it. Um, it's a good movie. I want to uh, talk a little bit about um, a movie I saw recently 
called uh, the assistant it was uh, i think produced in, in 2019 and released i think either late 2019 or early 2020 it slipped uh, under my radar um, although it's it was very well reviewed and i think uh, it was shown in a number of festivals and the subject matter is very uh, i don't know how to put this but the subject matter is very of the moment uh, and it's very controversial on one level it's um, or it has been advertised and marketed as a hashtag me too movie dealing with uh, with these issues of sexual harassment and uh, abuse of, of of power to me i found it uh, more of a psychological thriller uh, a very rare kind of uh, of a psychological thriller in that it doesn't scream for your attention like most Hollywood movies uh, do nowadays, especially thrillers. Although, judging from some of the reviews I read, um, a lot of, of reviewers don't really consider it a thriller. They consider it more of a psychological drama that deals with uh, socio-political issues which which the movie does deal with but it is also a thriller in that it has this very compelling element of keeping you watching keeping you uh, interested keeping you waiting for what's uh, gonna happen next there is no murder there is no uh, theft uh, there is no one's life on the line so that makes it as i said a rare unique kind of, of thriller it's more of a slow going subdued movie uh, like what uh, paul schrader the brilliant filmmaker usually calls uh, transcendental uh, movies which are movies that draw you in slowly using uh, technique writing character uh, revealing the plot you know uh, slowly it doesn't really again as i said scream for your for your attention it, it respects the viewer uh, it trusts the viewer it trusts that the viewer will go along will you know give in to the movie's uh, pace to the story's rhythm anyway uh, as i said i consider it more of a psychological uh, drama slash thriller i don't want to say too much about the plot because uh, about the plot of the assistant because it i think it would diminish the viewing experience all i'll all i'll say is it's uh, it's about a newly hired assistant wonderfully play, uh, wonderfully uh, played by julia garner um, she plays this assistant uh, who is just hired uh, to work for a major film producer and uh, the film 
basically takes us through a day uh, of her on the job, showing us her tasks, her experiences, and her attempts to do the work to uh, satisfaction of her very, very unpleasant uh, boss, who, as some of the press releases for the film uh, mentioned, is basically modeled after uh, Harvey Weinstein and his scandal. But don't let that put you off on watching the movie because the, this topic of, uh, of sexual harassment and the Me Too uh, thing uh, has been done uh, many, many times and has been discussed to death. And I think some people, actually many people, uh, are turned off, turned off now by movies that, uh, that are just about that and... and, and uh, and the assistant isn't just about about these things, although the, it deals with them in a very serious, very balanced uh, manner. The assistant is actually more than that. Um, it's not really plot-driven. It's a character study, and part of the beauty of watching it is experiencing how it unfolds scene by scene, layer by layer, um, drawing you in, into a story that is obviously in in um, in more uh, I mean in less uh, confident hands would be actually a boring story, but here but it's it's uh, it's it's done very 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 well by writer director Kitty Green, and this is her first feature. Surprisingly, she directed uh, a documentary about uh, John Benet Ramsey before this green is uh, i think is a, is a filmmaker to look out for because with the assistant she does something very special because on one level the movie is about what it is to be a young woman starting out uh, in a job dom dominated by men in a field more or less dominated by men and um, what it is to uh, you know stick out and to be st taken for granted and to be treated as an object which are all important issues uh, but also ones that are for lack of a better word uh, trendy and which are usually treated with with political correctness, too much political correctness, uh, in my opinion, uh, which makes the, the storytelling kind of bland. And had the film been just about that, it would have been an effective story about sexual harassment and the oppression of women in the workforce. But what makes The Assistant uh, a near masterpiece, in, in my opinion, is that it diverges from, from the pack in two major ways, uh, which are the scope of the story and the way the story is told. The director, the writer-director Kitty Green, takes a seemingly sim simple story about a struggling young female assistant in, in a vicious uh, corporate world and turns it into a nuanced, uh, subdued st story uh, made up of 
the thing that makes the best stories, which is uh, fascinating details. The way the story is, is handled uh, reminded, reminded me of uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Henry James, because the movie in some ways is structured like a Henry James novel in that it is subtle, it is sharp, and uh, it is also deeply moving. Green never crosses the line into preachiness or sentimentality. She never loses control of the film's quiet tone. She never, uh, you know, goes over the line. She never goes into melodrama, which is actually very, very hard to do. And you can, and any any viewer of uh, of movies of Hollywood movies, especially made in the, in the last, I don't know, twenty years, knows that uh, dramas usually go for the awards and uh, and and in order to get the attention of uh, of the of the uh, awards uh, of the people who give out the awards you usually have to you know veer into melodramatic territory to capture that attention but uh, the assistant doesn't do that it's a very quiet movie about fittingly enough conspiracies of silence um i highly recommend that movie um even if if you think the topic isn't uh, isn't something you 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 would be usually interested in uh, give this movie a chance i think uh, i think you'll like it and it's worth your time i'd like to uh, end this episode with an uh, excerpt from francis thompson's timeless poem the Hound of Heaven, first published in 1893. Uh, this poem was also the inspiration for one of Hugh uh, Walpole's best novels, The Prelude to Adventure, which I uh, reviewed on uh, my website, the Dark Fantastic website. You can check out the review there, and I highly recommend the novel. Uh, this excerpt is taken from the great Phil Chenevere's reading. Uh, the full reading is available uh, on LibriVox, and I highly recommend that you go there and visit the website, which is a great website, and listen to the full poem. And I'll provide the link to the full uh, uh, version of the, of the poem from LibriVox. In, the, uh, in this episode's uh, description. So, here it is, The Hound of Heaven by Francis Thompson. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind and in the midst of tears. I hid from him, and, under running laughter, up vistaed slopes I sped, and shot precipitated adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears. From those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, they beat, and a voice beat, 
more instant than the feet. All things betray thee who betrayest me. I pleaded, outlaw-wise, by many a hearted casement curtained red, trellised with intertwining charities, for though I knew his love who followed, yet I was sore adread, lest having him I must have naught beside. But if one little casement parted wide, the gust of his approach would clash it too. Fear wist not to evade, as love wist to pursue. You've been listening to The Dark Fantastic Podcast. So, you've stayed till the very end of the podcast. Thanks for doing that, loyal listener. As a thank you, here's a bonus story just for you. Enjoy. Flashes in the dark. Tiny stories. Vast dimensions. The window. He sat down on the balcony, taking in the chill air. He didn't know how many nights like this were left to him. The moon was shy tonight, half hiding behind shapely clouds. He heard it, it was time. Soon it would show itself, and sweet terror would fill his heart again. He waited for it every night. His window into the unknown. Text copyright Ahmed Khalifa. 2021. Ahmed Khalifa is a filmmaker and novelist. He is the writer-slash-director of several short films and a feature, which was released on Netflix, and the author of a number of novels and short stories, including the young adult, horror novel, Beware the Stranger, available on Amazon. Find him on Twitter at A. F. Khalifa.